Yo. Hello. Hi. Hobgoblin. Okay, I feel like- Other H words. Hellacious. Which is the sound of Diego's breathing right now. Yeah, it's pretty wild. He's been panting a, a lot. You decided to take him on a claw. In our house, we can't even say the, the word. W word. We can't say it. It's not allowed. Starts with a W and ends with a Man, K. he's really going. He's really <laughs> loud. He might need to be annexed. Diego, hold please. Do you have something you would like to say to the people uh, in the podcast world? He also just did my favorite thing where he is excessively panting and then you say his name and he just goes, oh. Wow. That is oh. some wisdom I could only ever hope to instill. What a dream boat. Indeed. Wow. Lots is- of uh, banging mic sounds, heavy breathing. I think we should... Um, I think it's time probably chew some some food and i don't know drink really loudly excessively hockaloogie yeah leave a comment if you hockaloogie i also this week did realize how much i actually like you know clear my throat yeah well that's good no i don't actually think so because when i was in high school my mom had to take me to a bunch of like throat specialists this is a long oh. story you don't know this do you no i don't okay Learned this something was on new my about your future spouse every day um I, this was on my, my quest to figure out what was wrong with me and it ended up with a minor you know pituitary tumor it's fine i'm fine i get checked out every year it's all good but for a hot minute there they thought there was something wrong with my diaphragm because uh, this came to be a big issue when I would sing because I was like in musical theater and I wanted to do that professionally. And I went to an ear, nose and throat specialist and he was basically like, yeah, man, you got really bad acid reflex. And, oh. um, so we were, you know, just, you, you, you need to be really careful with your food acidity levels and then you need to never drink caffeine. And yeah. I looked at the doctor straight in his face and said, if I have to give up a singing career to drink coffee, I will. And that's and and then he also this said morning anytime I made her you, coffee. <laughs> and he said anytime you go to clear your throat, you need to just swallow a, oh. an excessive amount instead of going like <clears throat> because every time you <clears throat> you clear like your vocal cords are essentially rubbing together at an extreme oh. rate, and it actually causes your throat to do it more rather than less. So it doesn't actually clear anything up. And you should stop eating dairy. Um, so the reason we're really here uh, is for me to learn how to use this microphone because I keep sitting too close to it. So just bear with me. Uh, but to also talk about all of the books I've read so far in my week of summer vacation. It has legit been the week since we've recorded. And I have read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books. Wow. Now, I don't consider this cheating, but I read hella fast on audible like when i listen to an audiobook and you don't like it because you said it sounds like the devil it's demon speed i listen at like 2.5 or higher sometimes have we talked about this on the i don't think so but you really don't like it and i listen to all my podcasts that way that is because all of my youtube videos are most of the time on double speed half the time um I drive Paige's car, her Bluetooth auto connects to it. Yeah, it's really annoying. So if she's in the house, the house, and I get home, it auto connects, and all I can hear is (laughs) out of nowhere. 
It's sound. If you've ever seen the movie Mothman Prophecies, first of all, leave a comment. Oh, Second boy. of all, there is a a scene where he's talking to someone on the phone, and the person on the phone's like, and it's probably the creepiest part of the movie. And that's all that I hear. And she'll like go in the bedroom and shower and connect to our Bluetooth speaker. And it's really loud. And I'm like, is she in there showering or summoning the devil? Like, Well, I really hope I'm not summoning the devil. I mean. That would be not good at all. That's what those voices sound like to me. I uh, I don't know. Weird pet peeve. Um, anyway, I don't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, because honestly, it doesn't bother me and i don't know if that's just my processing speed i i don't know i i like to think i can just like sit and uh be still but i've never ever i've never been good at that that's like the one good thing you've probably taught me actually is to like i don't know take in things at a normal rate be still i thought you're gonna sing some sort of is that a hymn i know there's like that's in the bible be still and know that i am god and know that your podcast is too fast. No. This is why we need Leah back. Because she would be doing my harmonies right now. Yeah, that's definitely why we need Leah back. We need Leah back for a lot of reasons. Yeah, most of them for me. But I think she's coming back on soon. She is, because here we go. Drum roll, please. I will list the titles. Oh, man, I thought you were going to do something on the table or something. Oh, sorry. I didn't want it to be too loud. Diego. One of the first. Listen to the mic. Oh, my gosh. If you stick that in front of him, he's not going to like it. Yeah. I don't think he likes that. kind of a crotchety old man. He's crabby. Um, So the first book I read was called uh, People We Meet on Vacation. And it's by this woman. Her name is Emily Henry. She just had another book come out not too long ago called Book Lovers. She's had tons of stuff. She wrote YA for a while, but now she's in this like hot women's lit category where she just kind of writes these awesome, hilarious romances. Hot girl summer, am I right? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, we're not talking about that though today because that is when Leah is going to come back on the pod. She's going to talk about that with me. Um, And... Hopefully I'll have read Book Lovers by then because I bought it and I just, it's on my TBR, my to be read pile. Okay. But what I really want to talk about are three things. Okay. One, we were watching, um, what did we watch on HBO this week? Oh, this thing about Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Gate. Anyway, we were on there and it was like flashing through all the shows and movies that you could watch and it's, I get so overwhelmed by all of the streaming services. You know this about me. I get overwhelmed and then I just end up watching like musical theater clips on YouTube. Basically, Paige is a big YouTube consumer. Huge. I watch all of the women who possibly are on there cleaning their homes. I watch almost all of them. On demon speed. On demon speed. I'm like, how is that relaxing? But It's listen, not I'm, supposed to be relaxing. It's I'm supposed not to be here motivating. To Oh, okay. Sometimes it's supposed to be relaxing. Like some of them definitely go for that vibe, but I'm watching it on two times speed. So I'm watching them do everything hella fast because they already forward speed. Another unrealistic expectation for women. (laughs) Cleaning on two times speed. (laughs) Oh, man. I go at a very slow speed when I clean. I don't mind You do a great job. Thank you. Um, Anyway, we were scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And this... uh, (laughs) Picture came up of this 
what I thought was a movie of the time traveler's wife. And I was like, oh my gosh, they remade the time traveler's wife. I never saw the original movie. I know. Please don't come at me. Uh, never read the book. And Leah was like, oh yeah, I think I know something about that. I think I might've read it a million years ago, or I saw that movie or whatever. And I kid you not, Mary Beth, it had Theo James and Rose Leslie on that little thing. And I went immediately when we were done watching Heaven's Gate. And I had already fallen asleep, but I woke up and in my sleepy haze, I Googled the trailer, watched the trailer and was like, I must watch this. I must consume this now. Why? And so I watched the first two episodes because, <gasps> because it's Rose Leslie and Theo James. Like bisexual, the it's my dream. sour of the amaretto sour of my dreams. TV shows. You know nothing, John. S- oh, that's not even accurate. That's not a Northern accent. So don't. You know nothing, John Snow. The way she says snow. I love it. Anyway, you snow nothing. You snow nothing. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I watched that and was like, why not read the book? So I read the book this week and it was terrible. <laughs> oh, no. So, listen, it has Did a lot of- the show? I watched the show. The show is fine. It has not- Okay. Okay, so I'm going to explain this concept to you because it kind of skeeved me out in the book, but it doesn't skeep me out in the show and I can't figure out why. And if if it's because my brain is like- pretty people, pretty people, you just want them together, then that might be why. Basically, the concept is he is unable to control his time traveling, right? So the book is called The Time Traveler's Wife. So she is, you know, inevitably gets married to this person. But in the first episode, you find out that he has been visiting her since she was six years old. Ooh, creepy. This is like that Ben Fold song where he's like... <laughs> If I was 85 and you were 12 with your on your bike with its tassels and bells riding by, oh I'd still gosh. be in love with you. And it's like... It's like, is that grooming? Or it's am, like, should I be creeped out? Anyway, yeah, you should. It's like... It's a little... It's I'm problematic. Like, this, I'm not going to lie. This song is one verse away from being like probably on our wedding pay- playlist. Yeah, but, but we can't that do it really that creeps me out. Wait, you're not putting in your vows if I was like, if you were 75 and you were like, no, eight years because old. Because that's never entered my mind. The whole point is we have been together in the same timeline. I know. And an appropriate age. And an appropriate age. <laughs> like if you're 75, this is like the Twilight bullshit. Kind of. Where it's, where like, it's like you imprint on somebody. Yeah, it's yeah, bizarre. No. Anyway, so. I, That's a no I say me, all dog. of that with the caveat that this could become the show does not it, – it works in a sweet way in the sense that, like, they really emphasize that when he's – he, A, can't control where he goes, so he kind of just shows up places and leaves places. So he can't really control it, and he can't control where he – like, where he's going in time, so – a lot of times he just goes and sees really traumatic things from his past over and over and over and over again. Oh. But the other times is, is he's he, like going back to her. Is so this a metaphor it, for therapy? Probably. Shit. Everybody should go does to therapy. Does he grow? I don't know what that means. Does he like... Does he change? Yeah. Okay. In the book, I feel like they grow around each other because he does do some like problematic things in the book going back to her. Like they have... Anyway, spoiler alert, this book has been out for like 10, 12 years. I don't know, a long so time. So have you. 
that's true. Um, they have sex when she turns 18, like on her 18th birthday. Ew. It's so gross. And I really hope the show doesn't go that direction because the show has made it very clear they're taking out the skeevy bits of this. So he's only gone back to see her one time and they play checkers. And she's like seven or eight. And she basically finds him in like the field outside her pal- palatial house in Michigan. And he's like – he looks like kind of he's kind of like a homeless man. He just kind of shows up when she's like playing with her little horse. And he's not skeevy in the show, but in the book it just seemed so bizarre because you also when they get to the age where she's an adult cuz she's traveled her life like a normal rate, right? And time and he's gone back and forth and back and forth. So when they meet when she's like 20, he's never met like he and his timeline has never met her. So it's the older him at like 32 who meets the six-year-old Claire. Oh. It's so Wait, confusing. and that's their first meeting? Yes. And so then he, he keeps, he, so he sees her when so she's So she has six. all, when they meet, at tw- when she's 20, and he's like 28 or something, he, she has all this information and knows stuff about him, and he has no idea who she is. Okay, first of all, this is incredibly confusing. So can, can he go forward and backward in time? Yes. Okay. In his own timeline. Okay, so like, is this like a metaverse situation? <laughs> no, no. Do we need Doctor anyway, Strange to all, to show up? All that to say, the book was trying to do interesting things. And granted, like I said, it is 10, 12 years old. So I wonder if she would go back and change any parts of that that uh, parts of the book. But the show is, I think, trying really hard to work against the, the, the problematic parts of the book, if that makes sense. So they've changed certain things, they've tweaked certain things, and. It made me like slightly uncomfortable. And so I'm going to hold the jury out on the show. But the book was like a two out of five. I mostly listened to How many ass claps? From what you've described, negative. Yeah, negative ass. Uh, The cheeks were about as far apart as they've uh, ever been. uh, Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not. mm -mm. You know, yeah, no. We're we're just going to leave it there. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, the book was problematic. I didn't love it. um, But I really loved the show. (laughs) <laughs> I would for sure list it and get it out of my brain. Yeah. And that's like one of those show. ones where you it's not bad enough that I want to like rub it from my memory altogether, but it's definitely not great. So okay. it needs to just get filled with other things and it'll go into the back recesses and I'll occasionally be like, oh my gosh. When I see the show, I'll be like, hey, that was in the book. It'll be that kind of thing. So where are they in the book? They're only okay, so I guess there's like six episodes or something and there are only two episodes in and i don't know this i didn't know this but um hbo slowly delivers you these episodes so it's like one week you get one episode and Ugh. it is the worst yeah so uh, i was ready to binge this thing and get you know their beautiful faces in my eyeballs and i only got two episodes oh uh, that's the worst and i've literally been waiting all week like on pins and needles because i just want to see more what about needles and pens? Nah. No, I uh, I had uh, physical therapy tonight and I wore a Star Wars shirt and someone was asking me if I started watching Kenobi. Uh, a oh, show is that on, like a new thing? Yeah, on Disney Plus. It's got Ewan oh. McGregor and Hayden Christensen. <gasps> okay. What's wrong with Hayden Christensen? Is he problematic? I, I'm having vague flashes of my teenage self not loving him, but go on. If you know why Hayden Christensen is problematic, leave a comment. <laughs> um, why Paige is having like a PTSD slice yeah. type of reaction? I mean. To just his name. 
Yeah. Anyway, okay, go on. Uh, so the one of the people, yeah, they were like, "Have you started watching Kenobi?" And I was like, "No, because they're releasing it uh, episodically." Ugh. And I'm like, "Who has I, time for that?" Well, a who has time, but b I forget things midway through. Oh, totally. And I'm so you like, have to like, okay, so do they do this to get more views on their other episodes? I'm sure there's like a reason. Well, if you stagger it, people will are more likely to spend, I think, more time on the uh, app looking for something else. Well, yeah, and think about it. If mm. you're a streaming service that charges monthly, right? True. And people true. aren't going to cancel in the middle. That is so true. Then that's a good you're point. guaranteeing someone is going to pay that. What listen, is it? I just think eight ninety nine a month or whatever. Listen, we're paying these premiums for this content, and oh. granted, I am not a, a producer, nor do I want to be. Um, for that world, it it has to all come down to money, right? Like, oh, for sure. But Disney, you have enough. Give them the Kenobi, you know. Okay, so two books so far. I've read People We Meet on Vacation, which we're going to talk about with little Leah Pia, the Time Traveler's Wife, which is written by Audrey Nerf. N- n- I don't remember. And it was n- a CSE. Like, I read the whole thing, but it was problematic content. So, enter at your own risk. Uh, the third book I read was my book club book that I really didn't like, but another girl in my book club, a woman, loved it. Oh. That was a fun conversation. Should we have her on and y'all can battle? No. Okay. Because she's probably, we've both probably read five books since the book. Oh, and, okay. You know, it goes in one year, out the other in some of these situations. That I'm speaking that. for myself, not her. Right. Anyway, it was called Second Star to the Right by Mary Alice Monroe. And I read this because we were doing Peter Pan retellings. And you know what I realized? Not a huge fan of Peter Pan. I love my book club. Not a huge fan of Peter Pan. There's also some creepy elements to Peter Pan well, as yeah, well. Well, yeah, and all of these retellings fold in like i do have to say there's a lot of queer stuff out there which is heartening right but they fold in all of these like really strange uh parts and the reason i don't like the second start of the right was if if you want just like no ass claps at all and just like a punchy you know exactly where the story is going i wouldn't even say why did i say punchy it's not punchy it's very boring you like you know all the beats i kept waiting for like something sinister to happen nothing sinister happens was it queer no, I wish. Oh. No, it's very hetero. That's why it's boring. <laughs> Disgusting. I chose like the one without the queer element because everybody else came with these like manga and then another person read like a, a queer retelling that was like Tink, Tinkerbell and um, Wendy get together. I was like, what? Oh. I was sleeping on some really good shit. If Someone you- went read, watched Peter and the Starcatchers. Oh. Or no, no, they read the book. They didn't watch it. And then someone watched a performance and i've already forgotten the name of it anyway great stuff love my book club uh but that was not a top-notch read for me uh so that's read number three second start of the right by mary alice monroe uh four was when stars are scattered and that was a tearjerker of a book it's about it's a graphic novel for young young adults probably middle grade actually because i assigned it as part of we assigned it for part of summer reading uh, and I can't decide if I want to read Esperanza Rising or this book because this book actually made me cry. There was a couple parts that I was, I 
took pictures of the pages because I just was like, <laughs> and he loves this mops so much. Do you want to talk about that book at some point and read some of those quotes? Uh, yeah, I thought it was so moving. It's about a little boy and his brother, and they live in kind of like a UN refugee camp in Somalia. And it's about them. Um, the oldest brother uh, is trying to like kind of keep his family together because they basically were living in a farm village and were farmers and he gets wrenched from his homeland with his brother and his brother um, is uh, struggles with speech and can't talk. Uh, and, uh, and he, it's, it's about his like discovery of going to school and watching the girls around him get married really young because that's what's their that's their custom um and it's just it's really heartwarming and it kind of follows him from the progression they live in this camp for like 10 12 years and then they finally well i'm not gonna spoil it anyway it's so good it was so good i loved it if you need like a a nice hearty read so it wasn't necessarily an ass clapper but it was a heart thumper yeah 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 it doesn't have like huge points of like action except for when he's talking about his past to the people at the un heart warmer yeah it's more of a, a a heart warmer how many heartwarming stars would you give it oh like 12 out of it's five. like off the chart oh yeah no it's off and the chart. that that's how you do fraction <laughs> we call that an improper fraction folks 12 over five anyway whoa, would you like me to whoa. change that to a mixed number whoa you it's almost like you're implying that we're not a proper podcast i would never imply that this is why Amy refuses. <laughs> She'll never come on. She's like, I can't with these people. Well, also, I, feel that. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to come on this hot mess podcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> Too bad you're a co-host. <laughs> Darn it. No, I love this. Uh, okay. And then I read this week, I read a couple other things. Okay. I'm looking at my sheet because I'm trying to figure out what I want to talk about next. She's trying to figure out what she, okay. she's going to talk about next. Why did you just repeat exactly what I said? Holy sheet. Oh, my God. Okay. So yesterday I read two books. Well, one I read in print, and then the other one I finished on the audio. Uh, one was Vanderbilt, The Rise and Fall of an American Dynasty. Ooh. Yes. See, this list is very – it's varied. Very varied. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes, thank you. Would you say that there's, like, variety? Almost. You could wow. say. Wow. Wow. One could say that. One could say it's a mixture. If you would say that, leave a comment. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Anyway, so Van- it's about uh, Anderson Cooper wrote it because uh, get this, his mom was Gloria Vanderbilt, the woman who makes those jeans at Costco. The American legend. She is a, an American legend. That's for sure. She was friends. Get this. She was friends with Truman Capote. And then Truman Capote I didn't know this, wrote this salacious book and then published an article in Harper's Bazaar and he lost like all of his friends because he basically based it on everyone in the like New York Hollywood elite and they felt victimized by him because he was so caustic in so, this paper. In so, this so this is like when uh, Jennifer Schechter wrote that book in the L word and like barely changed any of those names. I have, and then got like super rich. Sure, I have no idea what you're talking about. I never watched that show. That's that's probably a, healthy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah no never watched it. Um, but yeah, uh, you heard heard it here first, folks. Uh, the L word is uh, a retelling of a Truman Capote <laughs> novel. 
<laughs> that is so foolish. Anyway, it is not. So Anderson Cooper wrote this book. Um, I really liked it. I, I could have used more. I can always use more when you're talking about really, really rich people making questionable choices. Um, that's like, I love reading biographies about the Gilded Age and the the early Vanderbilt early Vanderbilts, and I love New York. So it had a lot of the, you know, fixins of what I like. Could and he def- narrates the audiobook, which was nice. Could you define uh, what period the Gilded Age is? Yes. So it's post Civil War era. So okay. you could almost it's like the the very tail end of Reconstruction. So you're talking like eighteen. 80, 85-ish to about 1900, so right before the start of the oh, World War. Oh, so like 15-ish years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just basically kind of what – actually, I think a lot of people should study the Gilded Age. I told you this earlier this week. Right. Um, Because you can see a lot of uh, what's going on right now in our mm. country. is It happens, you know, in cycles. So uh, it's just – it's it, – it's all of these people with an extreme amount of power and wealth and monopoly over things because they were in industry leaders basically and they make a shit ton of money and it's it's like who, who needs that much money you know yeah uh, oh, what no. do you do with it and uh, you buy twitter that's apparently, what you do you buy twitter and you buy a rocket that looks like a penis and you go to outer space um, but don't you dare ask for a livable wage no. or or to unionize care or it's selfish of you to ask for basic human rights it it's you're poor because you're not smart no, enough no listen let me just educate you let me just mansplain this to you <laughs> it's called trickle down economics, economics. <laughs> anyway oh gosh okay my personal hero i'm starting to sweat like i did in my like ronald econ class reagan in, uh, <laughs> I'm just college. Um, I'm having like flashbacks. Wow, this yeah. is a very trigger heavy episode for me. It's apparently. been a it's been a rough week. Yeah, yeah, it has. So, uh, I which is why gotta, I probably read seven books because we, I was. Trying we got to get our jabs in where we can. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so this book was great. I really liked it. Uh, it was very brief, and and I liked that Anderson Cooper wrote it because at the end he writes a lot about his mom. And then he writes briefly of their relationship. And he, I, I could see, I think the point behind him writing this was he didn't really know a lot of his own family history. He purposefully was like, I am not a Vanderbilt. I am a Cooper because that was his dad's last name. And he was much closer to that side of his family because he saw the devastation of all of this money just like through the years and generations just being eroded away through callousness and misbehavior. And he was like, I don't want any part of that. And he saw how much it destroyed his own mom, I think, in a way. And she was like never really able to, to deal with the traumatic things of her history. I'm sure I'm sure and, she was. I'm I might be speaking it, out of turn, but his brother had uh, a really tragic story too. Yeah. yeah. They he doesn't really talk about that. Oh, that's understandable. He 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 merely mentions it when he's like, and my mom had to move out of this apartment to this apartment, and this is why she left this one, and this is why she left this one, and then that's when it happened, you know. That's a really tragic story. Anyway, I really liked this. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. It kept me going uh, when I was taking my walks. So I, I like to listen to like nonfiction-y things when I walk. I think you mean your claws? My claws. Oh, they're not even listening. They're both asleep, so. Um, <laughs> whew, avoided whew. that one. They've already been on their claws, so they're not really looking for that word. 
Uh, and then the second nonfiction I read was called In Teachers We Trust. And it's about Finnish school systems versus American school t- systems. And boy, was that a gut-wrencher to read. I'd started it many moons ago. I believe Amy bought it for me. I enjoyed that book. I, as you, well, you know this, but I studied educational policy. Uh, I wanted to get a master's in it. And then I became filled with ennui because the more I studied it, the more I was like, this system is very broken. Oh. Anyway, it follows it kind of these like seven tenants that, that these two authors have found between Finnish schools and American schools. One taught at an American school for a couple of years um, and just the differences in how they train teachers. And then looking at uh, not only you have to you have to have a master's to teach in Finland. Did oh. you know that? Do they? But they like actually make it so people don't have to go into crippling debt to get a degree so it's a sought after it's actually harder to become a teacher in finland than it is to become a doctor because the program is that elite and uh sought after like you are beloved if you are a teacher like the amount of trust that the the whole society has for teachers and that's basically their main tenant is we do not structure that the same way in america and that is why you have all of this reliance on data from tests and standardized tests to rather to really gauge which we all know is faulty data because like my top student for example my first year of teaching had a cold the week of testing you know so my scores are skewed yeah, it's so... It's, it's shot. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't get me started on the testing yeah, thing. Yeah, but... But this book did a really great job of like breaking down, this is how you build trust in your school. This is how we could do it at a policy level. This is how you could do it if you're still in school in a teacher's training college. You could ask for these things. Um, once you're out of school, you could ask for this specific training. You could take this book to your principal and say, let's read it aloud because there's like discussions que- discussion questions and helpful tips in every single chapter. I really liked it. I loved the way they set it up. I loved the execution of it. They follow specific like sets, little pods of trainees. So you really see what what it's really like to go through the Finnish system kind of on the whole. Um, And you get a lot of exposure in a classroom before you are asked to actually lead a classroom, which makes a lot of sense. Um, This week has been incredibly hard. Uh, So reading this book was actually kind of a bright light because I saw what could be possible um and and school seemed a lot more enjoyable for everyone in the building right now it's stressful you're worried you're gonna get shot you're worried you're gonna Mm -hmm. fail your test you are worried as a teacher that you're gonna have to protect people in a way that you didn't sign up for Mm -hmm. you're also worried um constantly like i am about because you get your pay is based your merit pays are based on how your students perform and thankfully i'm at a school that you know it's important for them because they want their letter grade but it's not the be-all, end-all, you know? Um, But that's not the case everywhere. And and a lot of times I've seen kids with massive anxiety. It's so sad to have 10-year-olds come to you and say, I'm really anxious, but they actually can't articulate that most of the time. They say, my "My stomach hurts. Um, I can't eat. I'm not able to sleep very well. I had a rough so like a couple days, blah, blah, blah. They act out a lot. You know, there's just a lot of um, markers of trauma from test. Just testing. I'm I'm specifically talking about testing. Right. And not everything else that that goes on with being a K-12 student right right now. Right. Reading this book was uplifting in a lot of ways because it showed you – it shows a path that America could take. Will we do it? Probably not. No. That's not really – what uh, a lot of people in the country want flee. 
in Finland, they don't have private schools. They don't have charters. It's all public. Yeah. And everything is funded. So you're also going to like, it's kind of like how I grew up. You go to a neighborhood school and the school is probably hopefully somewhat good. There's, you know, there's in any profession, there's always going to be people who shouldn't be there. Right. Um, oh, but let's arm them with some uh, yeah, AK-47s. I, I emotionally can't talk. Yeah, that's fine. That I, and today. We're, we're recording this the week of the... Um, of all these shootings. Yeah, Texas. it happened about two days ago. So, and I'm obviously there's a lot of emotions um, going on. Anyway, so reading this book was helpful to me um, just because I always want to bring new things. Obviously, every year I want to grow and change in some way, but I also realized a lot of personal things for myself this week that I want a lot of things to change. So, I should probably go out and try and change them myself because, you know, I don't know. I'm armed with knowledge. I might as well try. Uh, so that was something I finished yesterday and I really enjoyed it. And that's in teachers we trust. And, uh, I think the tagline is something like in Finnish teachers or in Finnish schools, something, something, something. I don't remember. That's Um, a great tagline. It's such a good tagline. I'm so glad I brought that up. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up and ironically, the main thing I wanted to talk about in this list is called, is a set of books. I read the first one a couple months ago, but I finally got to read the second one. It came in on my um, library holds list, and it's called Finley Donovan, Knocks Him Dead. It, uh, the first one in the series is called Finley Donovan is Killing It, and then um, I read the sequel, in Finley Donovan and Knocks Him Dead, and uh, it follows this woman. Her name is Finley Donovan, and she is kind of like a mystery romance author. And in the first book, she's sitting at a Panera with her uh, editor agent, her agent, and she's pitching this new book idea. Uh, and this woman overhears her pitching this book idea and thinks she's a hitman. Oh. <laughs> so she hires this woman. And Finley's kind of hard up for cash, if I'm being honest. She has two young kids. She just got divorced from her um, ex-husband. Is she also a grad student? No. But she is a poor author. So like her job is to write and she's not making a lot of money and her books aren't really selling because she can't seem to sit down long enough to write or have any ideas that are good and she can't seem to sell anything. And so she pitches this idea. Her agent loves it. Ironically enough, the woman also at the Panera loves it because she tries to hire her. And uh, there's, you know, comedy of errors ensue. Uh, And it is a romp. Let me tell you, it is so funny. There are so many hilarious lines, like truly laugh out loud funny. The second book is just as good. (laughs) Uh, The second book was just as good because I feel like Finley Donovan is killing it, kind of knocked it out of the park. And I was worried. killing it? Yeah, she was legit killing it. And um, I was kind of worried. How do you follow that up? Like, I I don't know. I always think of it from like an author perspective. I don't know why because I'm not an author. But the amount of like sheer terror I would feel having such a hit on my hands the sophomore slump yeah running into potentially a sophomore slump but she got like a four book deal because this book did so well so I hope people go out and read this because it's by El Casamono it is so funny um I I've read both of them on audio and the narrator is top-notch she's amazing and she doesn't overdo the voices because there's so many different characters oh yeah but it's just so oddly relatable (laughs) Uh, and this character, there's just so many things that will make you, it's like a farce. If anybody knows like theater backgrounds, farces are, you know, typically French and, and it involves a lot of like 
body comedy. So people running into the wrong room on perp, like mm-hmm. on accident and like seeing people uh, and then like having to hide. And it, it's very funny. Um, yeah. I just, I highly recommend people go. I, this, these are both like five out of fives and they get a little spicy. So there's some How many ass claps? I, like you don't, like a one to two ass claps. But Is you're, I'm wholly invested. No. Oh. I'm wholly invested in who Finley Donovan is going to get with because there's two Ooh. potentials. And boy, do I have a favorite. But a I, little love triangle. It's very good. Um, And her ex is just a fucking mess. It's so good. It's is, so good. Is he on, still on the table? No. Okay, okay, okay. I wasn't sure. If I think was... he wants to think he's on the table. <sighs> but in the book, the first one, they have like a couple moments Ooh, longing glances? No, it's not even that. Like, she very much doesn't want to be with him, but he's also the father of her two kids. So she's consistently conflicted about, like, putting him in these situations where he's going to get in legal trouble or need help. And I'm trying not to spoil too much because the fun is you just go in knowing that she's a writer, she's recently divorced, she has two young kids, and it all just kind of falls apart from there. It's pretty funny. So I don't want to tell much. I'm here for a hoot. Yeah, uh... I think I laughed so hard at one part and you were home and you genuinely were like, what are you listening to? Yeah. Because I was cleaning and I just was like cackling. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. So that's a good romp. I highly recommend both of them. And that's Finley Donovan is killing it. And Finley Donovan knock, knocks him dead. And both are by Al Cosmona. I think I'm saying her name right. Uh, yeah. So that's what I read. People we meet on vacation. Finley Donovan is kill- killing it. Finley Donovan knocks him dead. <laughs> Well, this has been Off the Page with Paige and Mary Beth. Goodbye. Follow us on Instagram at Off the Page with MB. Follow us on Twitter with the same handle. Or email us at gmail.com. Anyway, bye. Bye. bye.